Hello everybody and welcome. I'm Anna Sharp. I am the host of this new podcast called Laughter and Thought. This is a space where we'll talk about humor and comedy and look at the ways in which humor presents itself in different parts of the world. Um, Specifically today I'll talk a little bit about the traditional idea of humor and comedy in uh, the West world and then we'll move over to the African ideals of comedy and we will talk a little bit about a really interesting and slightly odd story called Anansi. So, when I was younger, my dad used to tell me that the funniest people are always the smartest. Um, And this statement is something that I've thought a lot about in my growth to adulthood. And I think laughter comes in many different forms, and it's not always universal. And I also don't think that the funniest people necessarily have to be the smartest people in the room. Um, Laughter serves so many purposes. It bonds people together. Um... It allows us to connect with one another and laughter can also allow us to poke fun of societal structures or um, social justice issues that need addressing. It can kind of break that initial barrier that creates awkwardness to talk about touchy subjects and sort of allow us to dive deeper into those subjects. So I want to talk a little bit about the traditional Western view on humor and comedy. And my freshman year at St. Olaf, I took a class in classics department. um, And it was just called ancient comedy. So I went into it not really knowing what to expect. Um, We ended up reading Lysistrata, which is written by Aristophanes. Aristophanes is often said to be the father of comedy itself. Um, And these comedies were typically characterized by happy endings. They addressed current events and um, they were typically sort of poking fun at the powerful and celebrating the normal people. Um, So the targets of these comedies were typically arrogant politicians or war generals or really any person of importance. So without going into too much detail, Lysistrata is a comedy about women in Athens and Sparta who are growing tired of the war that is happening in their nations and um, they decide to go on a sex ban. They want their husbands to come back from war. They're tired of Um, you know, living alone and being poor. So what the women do is they take control. They siege the Acropolis, which is where all of the money is kept. And they say they won't give it up and they won't have sex until all men return from war. Eventually, um, the leader of this group of women, Lysistrata, meets with Athenian and Spartan delegates and Um, reminds them about the ridiculousness of the war that they are engaging in. Um, And the men sort of agree with her and they stop fighting and the war is over. Um, 
So after Lysistrata meets with Athenian and Spartan delegates, they collectively decide that they will stop the war. Um, and Lysistrata had previously given a speech to the men and the women, and um, this isn't necessarily the reason that they decide to end the war. Um, mostly it's just the fact that they want to have sex with their wives again. So from the audience's perspective, we feel a little bit of a sense of superiority over this character, Lysistrata, because she feels this power that she has stopped the war, but it's really, it's just a sexual desire on the part of the men. So it's no doubt that Aristophanes was vastly important in shaping our current ideas of comedy. However, I want to look at a less traditional view of comedy, and in order to do that, I participated in um, a little bit of research, and I was particularly looking at West African humor and how that presented itself um, in the early days. So during this research process, I came across um, the story of Anansi. And Anansi is a typical folklore trickster character, and I'll get a little bit more into the trickster ideal later. Um, but just to give a little bit of a summary, stay with me on this kind of odd story of Anansi the spider, Spider-Man, um, and his son. His son's name is Kwaikutsin, and they're having a very bad harvest year. Um, it hasn't rained, and their crops are frankly dying. Um, and so his son Kwaikutsin meets this small dwarf, and the dwarf says, Tap on my back here. And so Kwaikutsin picks up two sticks and gently taps on the little dwarf's back, and after he does so, it begins to rain. Anansi is a little bit arrogant, and he thinks that he can do better than just this little bit of rain that um, came around the first time. So Anansi goes, and he finds a dwarf, um, and the dwarf says, here, tap on my back. And instead of lightly tapping on the little dwarf's back, Anansi hits him so hard that he kills the dwarf. Anansi knows that this dwarf was the king's favorite jester, um, and he's really not sure what to do with the body. So what better thing to do than throw it up in a tree? So, um, <laughs> Kwaikutsin comes around the next day and asks where the dwarf is, and um, Anansi tells him, well, he's climbing up in that tree. So Kwaikutsin climbs up the tree and the dwarf's body falls out. Anansi quickly says, you killed the dwarf. How could you do that? Um, but Kwaikutsin is familiar with his father's tricks. So he says, well, the king was actually quite angry with the dwarf. So now he can go and collect a reward. Um, after Anansi finds this out, he says, I was actually the one who killed the dwarf. So he takes the body to the king so he can claim the reward himself. Once he arrives at the king's throne, he soon realizes that 
the king was never actually mad at the dwarf. And as a punishment, he puts the dwarf's body inside of a box and says that he has to hold it forever and ever unless he can find somebody else to hold it for him. Anansi comes across a little ant and says, Hey, ant, can you hold this box while um, I run to go do something really quickly? And, of course, the poor ant falls for it. Um, so, as the ant is left to hold Anansi's burden, um, Anansi sort of gets away with it. And that's the end of the story. So, um, this is a typical trickster story. And what is trickster, you're probably asking yourself now. Um, and how is it different from previous forms of comedy? So... The trickster form of comedy is traditionally very popular, and a lot of the times it is um, characterized where the underdog comes out on top because they're smart, um, and these underdogs are typically rebellious in their nature. Um, but David Leeming wrote in his novel World of Myth, and I think this is a really great quote to sum up the trickster. He says, the trickster is at once wise and foolish, the perpetrator of his own jokes. Always male, he is promiscuous and amoral. He is outrageous in his actions. He emphasizes the lower bodily functions. He often takes animal form, yet the trickster is profoundly inventive, creative by nature, and in some ways a helper to humanity. So, as we can see, there's a little bit of variability in what a trickster story can be. Um, a lot of the times they, these stories have like morally dubious endings. I'm not sure how else to put that. Um, in the text Introduction to World Mythology, it states, unlike European folktales, which typically have a happy ending, trickster stories typically end in disharmony. So as we can see in the story of Anansi, um, we definitely have a morally dubious character. Um, and it's interesting because the main character is sort of a hybrid animal with human characteristics. And it's interesting that it happens to be a spider because spiders are typically very resourceful and creative. Um, they're inventive and they literally make their world. They make their webs. Um, so, in comparison to Lysistrata, where we laugh because everything ends up okay and um, we feel this sense of superiority over Lysistrata herself, who thinks she's put a great end to this war, um, we don't really see that in the trickster stories. Um, since these stories are um, typically not great models for good behavior, and we can see that in Anansi getting away with everything. Um, I think that the play theory of humor really is acting on this story. We laugh in part because it's so absurd that um, we would see this spider creature kill a tiny dwarf, throw the dwarf in a tree, and then try and blame somebody else for the dwarf's death. There's not a whole lot of intellect in this um, type of comedy because it's much more so 
playing with our thoughts. And what I mean by that is that we go from feeling a sort of sense of anger at Anansi for killing the dwarf to then, oh, he's trying to get away with it. And then he's trying to blame somebody else for this murder. And then once he finds out that there could be um, a good benefit of his murder, he tries to then take responsibility for it. So we sort of feel the sense of anger and frustration towards him. And then once he finally is about to face his punishment, um, he sends that punishment on to the next. So just to conclude, um, we see that these tricksters are typically greedy and lazy. They're vain and impulsive and they're dishonest and a lot of the times they're sort of agents of chaos in the society um, but not all tricksters are bad in some cases they can reclaim autonomy over the oppressed um, and allow the audience to begin to think about societal structures that are flawed um, the reason that we laugh at these trickster stories and the reason that they've been around for, you know, years and years is because there is just sort of this sense of chaos in the story itself. Um, and it creates an environment in which the audience is enabled to laugh and feel that humor. So even though Anansi passes off all of his... Um, burdens that he quite frankly deserves um, to a poor little aunt. We just see the play theory of humor so in play in this story um, due to sort of the stupidity of the other characters, um, including Anansi himself. He is sort of tricked in a way by his brother, um, and then he goes on to trick the ant into carrying his burden and a lot of the times uh, the audience is able to laugh at how stupid the ant is for um, agreeing to carry the box around. Alright, so I am going to wrap up. I hope that this has given you some things to think about um, and allowed you to view humor through a different lens and a lens that's not so western focused um thank you all for tuning in to this first edition of laughter and thought and go enjoy yourselves laugh a little <laughs>